You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk. Hi, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. And I'm Carmi Levy. We've been busy at our keyboards, and we've got a new solution center to share with you. What's it all about? We'll give you a hint. It has something to do with scripts. In Tech Talk, Apple's been making all sorts of headlines lately, mostly for its new smartwatch. So what does all of this have to do with voice? More than you might think. Still on the Apple beat, did you notice what's missing from Apple's new watch? A low, low price? <laughs> no, seriously, Carmi. It's called the Apple Watch, not the iWatch. They've dropped the I from the name. So what's so important about the letter I? We'll talk about that later, Carmi. And in VoxBox, we'll talk about something that voice pros don't often talk about, white space and dead air. It turns out the stuff we don't say might matter as much as the stuff we do say. But first, here's Stephanie with The Biz. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. Thanks, Garmy. I couldn't help but notice that we've got a new solution center on our website. And if you haven't seen our solution centers before, they're one-stop shops for everything you need to know on a given topic. We'll pull together comprehensive articles to share with you. They'll help you to understand more about the subject at hand. You can download all sorts of tools like templates and budgets so you can start using that knowledge immediately. And we have other resources too that can help you to quickly become an expert. We've built solution centers for radio, animation, music, and translation. And if you're at all responsible for any kind of creative project, this is where you'll want to start your journey. The latest solution center is script development. And it's an interesting one, I must say, Carmi. Now, can you share a little bit more about it? Absolutely. And, you know, and I think for a voice professional, the thing that we need to remember is that before you can voice anything, you need a script to start with. That is your pillar. That is your foundation. And so what are script development best practices? Where do you start? What resources do you look for? How do you get your head around sort of why a script is so important, how you build one, what kind of elements go into it, and how do you know when your script is ready for prime time? And so we put together a bunch of articles. We talked about the power of scripted content. We talk about why voice matters. We talk about sort of how you get your script to the point where it's just long enough, not too long, not too short, kind of like Goldilocks. Some best practices that you should consider as you start to pull your script together. And this is long before you even engage voice talent. You've got to write it first, then you'll worry about the voice later. So Carmi, there's a number of resources on the website that relate to this topic, uh, tools even, that people can use. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about what's there for them? Yeah, well, we're really big believers in templates because the template is something that you can download, uh, load it up into your computer and start using it right now to create real work. So we spoke to our account managers and we found out that there are two kinds of projects that are in particular demand. One is a screenplay and the other is the, an explainer video. Explainer videos, of course, are popping up all over YouTube. Companies are using them to explain their products and services and really walk you through what the features are, how you take advantage of them. And that demands a very specific approach to how you build a script out. And screenplays, of course, have been around since the beginning of time, um, but that also demands a very specific structure. And if you're starting from a, a blank sheet, it's often pretty difficult. So these templates give you a starting point. They provide you all of the tools and all the tips that you need so you can hit the ground running, save time, and ultimately deliver a better script. Yeah, so in effect, what these templates do is that they help the voice talent, ultimately, because the client is better informed, they have a roadmap, it's not a blank canvas, as you're saying, it's actually a way that they can navigate this new territory, for many of them, on how to script or maybe who they need to pull in resource-wise to get a script off the ground. 
Exactly. It's all about communication. And the better a producer, a casting director, uh, or a director can communicate with a voice talent, the better the job the voice talent can do to deliver to that original vision. And so if you start with a better script, you will have a better read, you will have a better outcome. So, you know, the way we see it is give them a template, follow through on that template, and you'll have a better outcome. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Now, coming up next in Tech Talk, Apple's been making big waves with its new smartwatch, and that will have a major impact on the voice industry. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. So, Carmi, what's the deal with the Apple Watch? I've actually got two questions for you. Is it really everything it's cracked up to be? And are you going to buy one? Well, Stephanie, first off, I think it is everything it's cracked up to be. And it's also probably the biggest tech announcement we've seen in a while. Because it isn't just an upgraded phone or a tablet, it's an entirely new category. And even though Apple isn't the first company to introduce a smartwatch, it's probably the first smartwatch that normal people who aren't geeks or nerds will want to buy. Hmm. But are you going to get one for yourself? Uh, we'll have to ask my wife that in a couple of months because my birthday's coming up, but shh. Well, fair enough, Carmi. But what does this have to do with voice professionals? Surprisingly, a lot. Because if you look at the Apple Watch, this is not a phone and this is not a tablet. It's this really small surface. It's barely the size of a postage stamp. And so in terms of interacting with it, yes, it has a touch screen, but it doesn't leave you a lot of room for, for elements. There's not a lot of room for text, not a lot of room for graphics. And so what's ultimately going to happen is instead of it being a touch-based device, we're going to interact with it with it mostly through voice we will talk to it and it will talk back to us and so we haven't really seen a whole lot of this in the first wave of apps that are available for it what's probably going to happen over the next few months and years as developers become more familiar creating apps for smart watches they're going to create new voice-based apps that require voice professionals to provide their services to make them come alive i see i see so but something else i've noticed is that apple has called it smartwatch the Apple Watch and not the iWatch. Now, why is that? Well, Stephanie, yes, uh, the eyes days are definitely numbered in Apple land. Not only is it not an iWatch, but Apple's also pulling the eye off of other things in its product stable. For example, Photos now replaces the iPhoto app that's been part of Macs, iPhones, and iPads for years. Going forward, Apple will no longer be using i as part of its branding for its products. Whoa. <laughs> no, that that's that's crazy because they're going to go to basically names like photos, maybe tunes. Who knows? Like they can't copyright those words. No, they can't. But I think what they're realizing is that after using I as a prefix for the better part of a decade and a half, they first introduced it on the iMac in 1997. Um, I is no longer cool. The world has moved on. And, you know, the internet is now a pervasive part of everyday life. We all have mobile devices. Social media has exploded. So it's a very different world. I no longer represents that world. And as a result, if you as a company are using I to, to brand your products and services, suddenly, because of Apple's move, you look like yesterday's news. I completely agree, Carmi. Like, I, I really do. Because if you are following after a brand, and let's say they're, they're branding themselves like Apple, and they're saying, oh, I this, I that, I whatever, when they're 
uh, timing for that has ended, when the fad is over, the trend is gone, then yes, it'll look dated. It's just like having a really old demo and having music in it that's from a certain time period or you're referencing a date even or a model or make of a car, right? Uh, you have to be careful with that. So this will be a lesson to all the marketers out there who maybe have based their their, their actual service offering on this whole notion of an I something. That's right. And when you're looking at your what projects you're working on, the things that you that you call them, if you're using a letter as a prefix, whether it's an I or even an E or an M, because we all, we've all heard of e-commerce, M-commerce, e-wallets, uh, these two will also date very quickly. And so you might want to think twice about using them in your project. You might want to come up with something that has a little bit more of a shelf life, a little bit more staying power, and doesn't become obsolete just because a company like Apple decides to switch direction. That's it for this week's Tech Talk. Coming up next, VoxBox and why silence is such a powerful tool for voice professionals and producers. VoxBox, sharing your audio feedback. For all the talking we do here at Vox Talk, I want to talk about the things that aren't said and why they're almost, well, possibly just as, if not more so important than the things that are. I'm not following Stephanie. We hold regular training sessions here at Voices.com, and this week's was particularly interesting. What we did was we had our account managers read actual scripts from our site as part of an exercise designed to help them to better understand how producers and directors give direction and how voice professionals interpret it. Cool process. So what did we learn in the process? Well, we learned that seemingly small, trivial things, you know, like commas, uh, the white space between lines, it can have a tremendous impact on how voice talent interpret a script. Now, for example, adding or removing a comma can change the flow, which means talent may not read the script. And as you know, Carmi, commas save lives. They do. They save my life countless times. And I mean, the writer in me loves this stuff. And I'm guessing that this puts the onus on the writer to be absolutely clear in how a script is built and what guidance is provided to the talent in the process. Well, definitely. I mean, they have to know it front to back. They also have to know what kind of voice they want. Um, something that people found really, really helpful was, okay, well, you want me to read this, but who is my audience? If that is not clear in the job description, uh, like, then you really don't know who you're talking to. You can guess. You can guess all you want. But if there is no predefined, you know, this is who you are, this is your role, who you're talking to, the talent really, and I think a lot of you out there can agree with us, you, you honestly have to be uh, using some kind of deduction of sorts, you know, be like Sherlock Holmes, you got to figure this out for yourself. Um, but, but the big takeaway was that when we actually go out and do the jobs for clients uh, through Voices.com using professional services, uh, we ask those questions of the client. So those jobs usually have far greater detail, um, more information. Um, there's, you know, it, it's just easier to audition for them at times. And um, I had used two examples uh, three examples, actually. So two were from actual professional services jobs that were posted that same day. And some people were saying, they're like, I posted that job. You know, they recognized part of the script and like, yeah, yeah, that was yours. It's yours. And so anyway, um, you know, that was kind of cool. They like to see it happen kind of in real time. But uh, the other job was one that a client had put through on their own. And, and of course, that one had less direction. You know, it was something along the lines of, you know, have a storyteller type of tone, this sort of thing. Uh, didn't give them very, very clear direction. There was obviously little, little hints and giveaways at exactly what it was they were talking about. But 
we had to guess for ourselves, where was this audience? Were they actually in a venue watching this, maybe on a kiosk? Uh, you know, were, were they uh, seeing this in a commercial? Is this a PSA? Is this something that's maybe playing uh, somewhere else uh, as part of that experience within that same um, area? So it was interesting. It was, and people really, really appreciated kind of having to think about what they're about to read and, and underlining, emphasizing, circling, you know, saying where they're going to breathe. All these little things went into kind of the study of the script. So the account managers are sitting there and, and they're actually looking at the script, not just as someone who is hoping to hear it delivered well, but as someone who actually had to deliver it because three of them got up and did cold reads and it was really cool. I think the takeaway here is that, you know, people can't read other people's minds. And so if you are a voice professional and you're reading a script, you can't assume that you will instantaneously know exactly what the producer, the director, the casting director, the writer had in mind. Um, that all has to be specified in spades, very concretely, uh, absolutely upfront in the script. If it isn't there, then the voice professional, as professional as he or she is, is just going to interpret, uh, at, you know, whichever way. And hopefully it'll be where the original intent was, but that isn't always the case. And so when a project fails, why does a project fail? Because expectation on one side wasn't met by delivery on the other. And you overcome that by being absolutely crystal, crisply clear in defining that in the script. Take the time, take the space, make it clear so that no one ever has to guess. And using white space effectively really does help. So when I had formatted these scripts and kind of gotten them ready for people, I kind of took out all the extra spaces. I, you know, obviously there were the, you know, little space before the next word started and, and the same thing after a period, but I kind of compressed them a little. I didn't make it double space because I wanted to be, you know, friendly to the environment, didn't want to print off more than I needed to. Uh, so I, I basically said, okay, well, yes, in the actual script, the way the client had presented it when they were auditioning, certain lines were actually broken up. There were hard returns between them, you know, so there's more, more space. It gives someone an idea of, okay, well, I might want to give it a different thought here. I'll interpret that slightly differently. Um, maybe a list is broken up differently. So we had a lot of fun just kind of uh, figuring out all of that and, and really noticing how uh, when words are grouped either too closely or too far apart from each other uh, may impact just the continuity of the script. So, uh, you know, just thinking in practical terms, like if, if you are leading someone in or out of a show or you're an announcer, um, you know, if if you have a line and then you're meant to say another line before another segment begins, then it's helpful to maybe bridge those two on your piece of paper or your screen so that you're not having this awkward pause where, oh, oh, there's a transition here. Like maybe I, I need to put those two together so when I say them, then it comes across really smoothly and there's no hesitation. I like that. I always think in terms of flow whenever I'm in front of a mic or in front of a camera. And the more guidance I have in the script, the easier it is for me to make sure that I nail that read. Um, and I think that these are really great lessons for all of us to take into account. If you're the one who's both producing the script as well as the one who's trying to deliver that script and, and, and deliver a voice performance that meets the original expectation. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's a time and place for everything. So we did mention silence and the power of how to use that effectively. I mean, it's something that is, uh, you have to know the timing. It really silence um, can become very effective if you use it properly. So I tried to illustrate that. I don't know how well, you can all let me know in the comments how well I did. Um, but you know, I was just showing you, here's what a pregnant pause might sound like, uh, you know, and so you can use that effectively to your advantage. I know that 
silence is something that a lot of you use when you do comedic reads. It's one of the elements of comedy. It's just kind of, you know, you can stop. Timing is a huge part of it. So if you found a way to use silence or maybe commas or different um, ways to emphasize or marking up your script, if you found really cool ways to kind of guide yourself through this that have worked for you that you want to share, then we invite you to tweet them to us, actually. Use the hashtag VoxTalk and let us know what it is that you're doing to make your performances even more believable and to feel more real to to you as you read them off the page. That's great guidance. I wish I'd had this in my last read. (laughs) Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you for tuning into Vox Talk. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. And I'm Carmi Levy. Let's keep the conversation going on Twitter. Just use the hashtag Vox Talk. We'll be back at the mic next week. Thanks again for listening. Until then, check out our latest Vox Minute videos on YouTube. We'll see you there.